Secondhand stores are like museums, curated objects of historical and cultural significance. I love looking through the houseware section at the art, especially the original pieces you can find there. I always wonder, where did this come from? With two framed sketches I bought at the Salvation Army, I decided to try to find out. To find out how the pieces ended up there and eventually in my home. This is The Thrift Store Sketches, produced by Aaron McIndusperl. On Thursday, August 13th, 2015, I went to the Salvation Army store in Guelph, Ontario. I was drawn over to the houseware section that day. I wanted to find something new, or new to me, I should say, for our house. After some digging through dusty boxes and crammed shelves, I found two pieces of original artwork. The pieces are each approximately 11 by 13 inches. The two pieces of art depict lake scenes, as if looking from the shore out to a large body of water from two different spots. In the water are some small rocky islands with pine trees blowing in the wind on top of them. When you get up close to the pieces, it appears they were created using only a purple marker and either a grey watercolour paint or smudged grey lead pencil to form clouds and shading on the rocks. An inch of grey map board separates the art from the frame and the glass. In the bottom right-hand corner, the artist has left their signature. In silver writing, on both paintings, are the words Georgian Bay, followed by the name of the artist, Jean McEwen. Underneath that are two dates. One piece is dated September 16th, 1976, and the other May 20th, 1978. For $4.99 each, I took the pieces home. I loved their simplicity and that they brought some of the spirit of nature into the house. I went to show the pieces to a friend of mine named David Laidlaw, an artist and retired art teacher. His home is full of paintings him and his son have created over the years. My name is David Laidlaw and I was an art teacher at the high school level for uh, 30 years. I take out the pieces to show David. So this is the first one. Hmm. Well, they're very expressive. And the composition is, is balanced, so she's probably had some uh, Schooling, I guess, or she's uh, gone beyond high school, I would think, maybe uh, at the college level to study art, or she's just a, an enthusiast with some uh, ability. Yeah, it's quite nice. I really liked them, too. I was really drawn to these pieces. Do you do you think that these pieces were painted from her vision, like she had an easel set up? I would think maybe she had a sketchbook. My feeling is that uh, this is done in, in plain air. Maybe she's, you know, been at her cottage and uh, canoed over to a, to a nice spot. I don't think she would have done it out of her canoe, but she could have. <laughs> she could have. That would be awesome. Yeah, probably not. Could you deduce any sort of who is Jean based on these paintings? Something about her character or her soul that these paintings <laughs> are revealing? I don't know. Yeah. I think that, yeah, you can tell something from people. For instance, when I do plein air art, I have to find something man-made in order to relate to it myself. I'm not really a nature person per se. I, I like nature. I like to bicycle in nature. I like to uh, canoe a little bit, but I also feel uncomfortable in nature. Mm. And so whenever I create my own art, I want to see uh, man-made things. Now, with Jean, she doesn't want that. She wants to see nature in its uh, you know purest 
form without any kind of, I mean, she doesn't even include uh, a boat or a canoe or a dock or a cottage. Oh, shoot. Oh, this is the part where a squirrel was trying to get into the bird feeder outside the window and David went to shoo him away. Speaking of nature. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of it. When he goes after my, my, my bird seat. Yeah. After the interruption, we kept chatting about David's art and that he finds comfort in that. images of man. I, I need humans. Even when we were up in Ikelowit, I only did one image of the, 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 the land. Well, no, I did two of the landscape. But even the one had a uh, a nukshuk, you know, the little uh, the little men that they make up there. Man, a, a nukshuk. Yeah, 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 nukshuk. Yeah, yeah. I can show you. It's right here. Yeah, yeah. David shows me the piece that he has been talking about with the nukshuk. I had never realized that all of the artwork in their house has some image of man in it. It's a very strong sense of man being there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because you wouldn't see that in nature. Yeah. Because uh, so through the Inukshuk, it's like the representation of a, a person. Yeah. yeah. I can understand David's feeling of being uncomfortable with bare nature, with no sign of man. I still remember staying at a cottage on an island without electricity when I was a kid and being absolutely terrified. This feeling of the unknown being out there in the darkness. There's also a feeling of comfort in it though too. The extreme silence. A landscape untouched by or protected from humanity. The sketches make me feel comforted for that reason. There's something about the images of water too that always make me feel relaxed. To get another opinion on the pieces, I got in touch with a man named Edward Bird in Toronto. He's an art dealer and a friend of a friend. Irish by birth, he's lived in Toronto for over 30 years. I'm Edward Bird. I have uh, been an art dealer for 20 odd years. Couldn't draw a straight line if you paid me, but I have an eye for, for, for what's reasonably good. In Edward's living room, he has two beautiful paintings of Irish landscapes, windows into the country that he immigrated from, that he can gaze up at even though he lives an ocean away. I always tell customers, you cannot go wrong buying a picture if you like it. If you like it, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. I take out the pieces to show Edward. So this is number one, and number two. Uh, th these are these are good little pictures. Jean McEwen rings a bell, sort of, but but McEwen is a, a not unusual name. Now these are um, pen and ink. Well, let's be naughty and take these out. Oh, Do take the to... take the pieces off the back. Sure, let's do it. Edward went to the other room to grab his tools to take the pieces out of their frames. All we have to do is push from the bottom. Now you've got her address, you know, you know where she Whoa. used to live, Perry Sound. On the back of each of the pieces were signatures with an address in Perry Sound. Now I knew that the images that I was looking at were most likely recorded there, in a town on Georgian Bay. Before leaving, I asked Edward if he might be able to tell me a bit more about his taste in art, and he offered to show me some more pieces from his collection that he was storing in his apartment. That's an Irish piece. That's beautiful. You like that? Edward shows me a beautiful Irish landscape piece. Uh, that's, by, so that's by C. Orpen. And that was an amateur piece that I picked up somewhere. He also shows me a portrait of an Irish celebrity. Um, this is one that I bought in Dublin simply because I met the artist who had his own store. You know, would you Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman? No. It's not Natalie Portman? No. Sinead O'Connor. You got it. 
Huh. <laughs> Sinead O'Connor, yeah. It's and, a photograph. And that is not a photograph. Oh, wow. Ah, you see? It's not a photograph. Yeah, you can only tell when you look really close. Isn't that an amazing piece of work? Edward's love of Irish art made me think of my history and heritage and how that might influence my own taste in art. My ancestry is Scottish, and I know that I've always felt a reverence for images of the highlands. When I was 13, I visited Loch Lomond, a loch or lake in Scotland where some of my ancestral clan was supposedly located. I remember climbing Ben Lomond, a mountain on the shore, and looking out over the landscape and feeling very overwhelmed by emotion, knowing that my great, 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 great ancestors may have walked this same earth, wondering how it would have made them feel to know that my presence is here hundreds of years later. I looked up Jean McEwen online and found an address and phone number for her home gallery in Perry Sound. I called her up and arranged to visit her. My name is Jean, Jean McEwen Pitts. I live in Perry Sound and I'm an artist. Her house is full of her paintings, mostly oil paintings, mostly depicting the Georgian Bay. Have you lived in Perry Sound your whole life? Actually, no, I haven't. I was born in a little town called Britt. I moved to Perry Sound. I married a guy from Perry Sound. I taught art at the high school. Where did you train as an artist? I uh, was taught by a professor that came to Britt at the time. I was about 30 when I took it seriously. I used to paint by numbers all the time, and I found that uh, I was in blocks and I couldn't stand it. So I just threw all my books out and started on my own, selling my paintings, and I was happy. Did you have a storefront downtown that you would sell your paintings? I put them in the store windows down there, and from there they would come to the house. So I'd love to show you the paintings that yes. I have, if you can tell me anything more about them. So I bought these paintings uh, at the Salvation Army. You did? <laughs> How did they end up at the Salvation Army? They must be my first ones that I ever did. When I saw these, I just was really taken by them. I hand the pieces to Jean. Well, they're just sketches, aren't they? We go out in the wild and uh, we'd, you know, around Georgian Bay and I'd, I'd just sketch them on, on site. I don't know how they ever got the Salvation Army. I really don't. Did you sell your, your sketches in some of the stores? In the... No. Oh, really? Is that 1978? 1976? Oh my gosh, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> you didn't buy these. I, yeah. I did buy them. You can see the price actually on the back of them. Four ninety nine. <laughs> my goodness sake. I, I would never frame anything like this. It is a mystery really. I had a bunch of sketches on the table downstairs. I wonder if they were just picked up. So the pieces might have been stolen? If some of them got missing I would have never known because there were so many of them. <laughs> Jean tells me that she doesn't remember creating these two pieces in particular. She tells me that she used to go out on a boat called the Island Queen that leaves from Perry Sound and takes you through the islands. She would sketch there and then come back to create oil paintings from her sketches. I'll take you down the basement if you'd like to go. Jean invites me to come downstairs to see more of her work in her basement gallery. Oh wow, you have a lot of pieces down here. Yes, I do. There were paintings everywhere, neatly organized with price tags along the walls. Some hanging, some sitting on the floor. How many paintings do you think you have oh, down here? I never counted them. 
There must have been hundreds spread out over two rooms. Are you still um, no. painting now? No. no. It's just about five years, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't care to go back to it. The mess, you know, and, uh, if I use the kitchen, uh, paint on the kitchen table. Every night I would sit there about seven o'clock if I wasn't going out anywhere and uh, end up in bed about two o'clock in the morning. If I started a painting, no matter what size, I would finish it before I went to bed. You must have been painting many, many days a week to make all of these. Every night. Every night. I'd paint every night if I was home, yeah. One painting particularly catches my eye. It's a nighttime painting in the islands from the vantage point of a boat. The moon is in the sky and is lighting everything below and reflecting on the water. This one was um, out in the boat, three o'clock in the morning, misty, but the moon was shining. It's hard to do a night painting, but the moon was so powerful, you know, moon and the stars, and there was a party out in the islands that I went to. I'll never forget that night. <laughs> wow. I felt transported by Jean's paintings. Looking at that nighttime scene, I felt like I could walk into her memories in a way. That night I was staying at Kilbear Provincial Park, about 30 minutes away from Jean's house on the Georgian Bay. It was fall and I could see from my own eyes the quality of the rocks that Jean had depicted in the sketches I purchased and in so much of her other work. They are so smooth and flat, like the back of a sea monster floating on the lake surface. Also the trees in that region, it looks like they've learnt over time to bend in the direction of the wind so that they stick out sideways like they're reaching over, trying to grasp something, perpetually blowing. That night, after having my last swim of the season, dressing in my warmest wools and brushing my teeth to get ready for bed, I heard a faint sound of bagpipes off in the distance. At first I thought it was someone's radio from their car, but then the sound got closer. I walked down to the shoreline and there, underneath the moonlit sky, was a young man walking along the shore, playing Amazing Grace on bagpipes. I was very overcome with emotion in that moment because I felt my grandfather's presence very deeply. It was like he was there with me, listening to the sound of bagpipes as the waves lapped up on the shore. This podcast was produced by Aaron McIndoe Sproul and includes interviews with David Laidlaw, Edward Bird, and Jean McEwen. Main music and mixing by Aaron McIndoe Sproul. Amazing Grace on Bagpipes, provided by Gary Guth. This is an Anthroscope Media production.